If you're somebody who's brand new in a firehouse, like getting things done before they need to be done, being eager to learn, being that go-to person, you know, outwork everybody in the firehouse. Like you're never going to have to worry about what people think about you. And the person who doesn't like you, that's who cares? Like that person has a problem. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Pulling up the notes. Weekly Scrap. Corley Moore, Firehouse Vigilance, Weekly Scrap number 167. Today's guest is John Spira. You may know him as Fit to Fight Fire. There is very little need to talk about Fit to Fight Fire. It is one of the most impactful messages and influential cultural changing messages in the modern fire service. John, your message, uh, would you want you rescuing you? I'm telling you right now that that had a huge impact on me personally. And it's one of the reasons why the weekly scrap exists today. And so, um, I always ask for the guest to send me a bio so I can read it. And literally the bio that John spent, sent me was 20 year backseat firefighter. That was the, that was the bio he sent me. So I had to add to it. Um, John Spira, it is my pleasure to have you on as the guest of weekly scrap number 167. Orly, thank you. And hearing that fit the fight fires impacted you and helped you take your career in a, positive direction it sounded i remember we talked about that you were saying you were kind of in a season where it just you weren't firing on all cylinders and we all need that we all need that inspiration we all need that confirmation that what we're doing is the right thing especially when we sometimes have the naysayers saying that we're not and to hear that it positively impacted you man that's what it's all about um i appreciate you sharing that it's about iron iron sharpens iron that's the goal of this whole thing and uh uh, really happy to be here and, and talk to you again. Well, we had a conversation the other day, so I uh, feel like we'll just kind of continue that conversation. So really looking forward to it, brother. You are uh, one of the OG scrappers, too. That's a lot. of. I mean, you were number 24. I went to look back at the old notes. A, because I, I had no bio to base, because you sent me 20-year <laughs> backs up. But I had to go look and say, what did he tell me before? But uh, 24, that means there was only 14, only 13 guests before you. You were the 14th guest in the scrap ever. And nice. so that's that's pretty powerful. You were before the five questions for firefighters. So right. yeah. it's yeah. So you never had the the five questions, and now tonight you'll get the next five questions. But awesome. uh, beautiful. Okay, here we go. I'll take care of some stuff I want to take care of out the gate. Citizens first fire training. You guys know me. You know I love Chris Kessinger. He has a raffle going on right now. Um, Sergeant Eric Kosharin, Um He was ambushed and shot. And in that gunfight, he, he shot back and killed his attacker and stopped the attacker that was attacking that place. Um, 100%, he is fighting for his life. Uh, he is still in ICU, had four surgeries. But go to Citizens First Fire Training. Um, they are putting together a raffle with uh, four prize packages. They're amazing. So go go be a part of it, and it's a big deal. So I wanted to say that right out the gate. Uh, John, is there anything I missed in the intro? Anything you would like to add? Nope. You covered it all, man. I appreciate Fair enough. it. <laughs> uh, audience, please get your questions ready. Uh, you got John and myself. You got so much. This should really get interesting tonight. Um, there is a Black Friday sale going on at Firehouse Vigilance. If you want hoodies, we don't stock hoodies, but we're selling pre-order hoodies. So we're going to order them and then have them 
made up and then shipped out. So if you want hoodies, we're trying to get them done so you can have them in time for Christmas. Jump on firehousevigilance.com and order hoodies if you want them. This episode is brought to you by Keyhose. Check them out on Facebook. They are the hose experts. Affordable drill towers, home of the affordable drill tower and the affordable standpipe prop. Firefighter owned and operated. You can pump and roll using the affordable standpipe prop. The affordable standpipe prop fits through most classroom doorways where you can sit there and do standpipe theory on it and teach people in the classroom. And then you can roll it out into the parking lot and you can pump it. It comes with sticks, six standpipe valves that can be upgraded to PRVs or customized to what you have in your jurisdiction. Call Steve, 844-55-TOWER, or drop an email to info at affordabledrilltowers.com. And tonight, brand new sponsor, the Ladder 35 Foundation. Uh, it is a nonprofit organization that offers financial assistance to firefighters for training opportunities. Its founder, Ariana Davis, began speaking to firefighters four years ago in the hopes of spreading awareness after the line of duty death of her husband, Lieutenant Brian Johnson, in 2007. Her presentations offer insight into situational awareness, complacency training, mental and physical health. Ariana and her husband, Patrick, began the, latter, the L35 Foundation to continue give back to the fire service community by helping firefighters attend training events that they may not be able to afford in 2022, she had the fortune to speak outside of Kansas, where she began her journey, and it is her hope to continue to visit many different states and departments in 2023. So if you want to learn more on the L35 Foundation and its founder, please visit www.thel35foundation.com or visit the L35 Foundation group on Facebook. So there you go. Everything I wanted to cover out the gate. So, John, I'm going to catch you up. Uh, Tony Nunez told me Magic City has a raffle going on as well, Corley. Absolutely. If it's for the same vet or something just as, I mean, if Tony's telling me, it's obviously worth mentioning. Um, everything else was, hey, we can't hear you, so I'm sorry about that. So we're getting past that point. Uh, there we go. You are good. Absolutely one of the best. Yes, absolutely. 20-year veteran of the backstep. Proof you do not have to be a company officer to make a difference. John Spira, let's go lead the way, John. Truth, water boils from the bottom. Jared Van Eck says, yes, stoked for Brother Spirit tonight. Let's go. Okay, so a lot of the, already the, the comments coming in and everything like that leads me right into my first topic that I want to talk to you about. And um, it's one that we discussed earlier today through text messages. I had a, I had a buddy, I got in trouble recently. And I don't say in trouble, but basically I was get I was feeling a little down. Let me put it that way. And so uh, one of my good friends that I bounce a lot of my ideas off of, he was in my office talking to me and I said, man, I, I said, I just feel beat up. And he goes, he goes, Corley, I told him all he wants to do is be awesome. All Corley wants to do is be awesome. <laughs> and I said, you're right, but I feel so beat up. And he said, Corley. If you're not feeling beat up, you're probably not that awesome, right? And that leads right into this question, which is, John, out of the gate, how do you deal with critics and haters when you're trying when you're trying to push the bar, when you're trying to improve yourself, your organization, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, uh, we'll keep it in fire terms. Um, primary search complete. 
water on the fire, fire under control, fire out, right? Those are benchmarks. benchmarks Those are things yeah. that we consistently look for to accomplish on the fire ground. And anytime you have somebody hating, somebody who is criticizing what you're doing, it means you're doing something. It means that you're out there and you're trying to make a difference. And I personally believe that's why we're here on earth, all of us. We're here to make a difference, to positively impact other people and to help them grow. Uh, and we want people to do that for us as well. And what you'll notice is anytime somebody is criticizing, somebody has something negative to say, it's not the other people that are out there trying to make a difference. Because if you're doing this job for the right reason, you truly understand the amount of work that goes into trying to be good at this job. So when I see somebody else out there pushing themselves, trying to inspire, working hard, whether that's training, fitness, teaching, I'm rooting them on because I know what it takes to do that. But the people that are sitting in the stands and they're criticizing, they're not doing any of that. They're not doing anything to make things better. So I look at it like a benchmark. Uh, early in my career, it bothered me. I, I, I'd be a liar to say it never bothered me. But as you mature and you start surrounding yourself with like-minded people, and that's what I love about coming on the scrap is we're talking to like-minded firefighters all over the country. We're all on the same mission. We all want to show up on every single call as the best version of ourselves. And anytime you start surrounding yourself with like-minded people, you realize that's just part of the deal. As you try to progress and as you try to create change, um, people are comfortable. And if there's any chance that you might change their daily method of operation, you might introduce a fitness assessment. You might make them feel like they should be out there training with you. Um, it's a lot easier to criticize and to get up and, and do the work themselves. So, Corley, I look at I look at it like a benchmark. It's it's no different than the benchmarks we uh, look for on calls. Is it, it means you're doing something, but. To be honest, early on, it was hard as a newer firefighter. I, I bet you it took me about 10 years to get to that point where right. I saw it as part of the process. Dude, I love it. I love the fact of if you if you roll up on a single family residential structure and there's smoke blowing and you and, and I see is, is passing out assignments, you know, fire attack, primary search. But if you honestly sit back and think about it and say, you can't say primary search complete, you know, all clear. You can't give primary search all clear unless you've conducted a primary search. Unless you are doing something, you can't say, hey, water is on the fire or fire under control or stop loss or insert your benchmark. You can't say it unless you're doing something. So that mindset is powerful, brother. Dude, okay. I absolutely love that. Being able to pick up the mic and go and, uh, yeah, haters are uh, in position because I'm doing something. <laughs> That's good. I like it. How much do you... Uh, Man, I don't want to say take pride because that's not the right, 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 right term. But in your journey, you know, obviously, like you said, early on, it bothered you, and and rightfully so. Um, how much do you do you uh, wear it like a badge of honor? Almost, I don't want to say pride. That's I don't want to come across wrong. Does that make sense? No, I know what you're getting at. Like, how much of it is like confirmation? Confirmation and fuel. Yeah, and you could use it as fuel as well. I think I'm past that point. It used to be like fuel. You know, like I'm going to prove these people wrong. And nowadays, it's just I want to prove myself right. You know, I just want to prove that I could 
get better in all areas of the job, right? So it used to be about proving other people wrong. I'm not going to lie. There were parts of my career that that was what I was trying to do. Right. Um, really, my goal is to try to get somebody that's in that position of hating what we're doing or criticizing. And I want to find a way to connect with that person. I want to find a way to bring them along with me if it's possible. Now, in social media world, and internet world, obviously, that's not always easy. But if it's somebody I'm working closely with, I'm going to try to navigate that and try to get them to, to participate even if it's at a small level, because it's really easy to just write that person off. Right. There's really no work involved with that. But if I could find a way to connect with them, even if it has nothing to do with firefighting, if I could get somebody to get in the gym with me to improve their golf game, I mean, I may have to go on a call with that person in the next five minutes. Why wouldn't I want to try and make them better? So uh, I look at it just as confirmation as it's part of the process, but truly I'm looking to find ways to, to get those people on board. Like it. I love it, man. I love the mindset. And, I, and again, you, uh, well, yeah, mindset. Uh, Jared Van Eck has the first question coming at you from the audience. So, John, are you ready? What's up, Jared? He's, How, always, he's always getting after it, that guy. There's no doubt. He has one there of are the days best. where I'm like, oh, I'm going to take it easy. And then I, I, see, I see him share something. I'm like, all right. All right. Got to keep up with Jared. <laughs> you can't keep up with the mustache, but you got to keep up with. His, impressive. his output. He said, John, how would you respond to personnel who base their actions? He scrolled on me. Who base their actions specifically relating to fitness on the job on whether or not the leadership of the department is participating. So if I understand the question, he's asking, will they do fit participate in fitness or work out consistently? Or they won't do it unless leadership's doing it. They're waiting for that. Yeah, they're basically saying, hey, leadership doesn't do it. Why should I have to do it? Or, you know, something along those lines. Just basically, I'm not going to do it because they're not. I mean, Jared, feel free to chime in and clarify, yeah. but that's how I'm reading it. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, simple, because you said you would. Because you took an oath and you said that you would show up prepared. Um, so to deal with those people... It's having those tough conversations, and it's not always abrasive and attacking. It's, man, I've had some really good conversations with people that um, in a very comfortable way, we start talking about the demands of the job. We start talking about our own families and what we expect when somebody shows up to our home. And we just start positioning phrases and words and ideas in a way that you start to see somebody shift. So, Obviously, the relationship has to be there. If you have somebody who's not going to work out unless their officer works out or their battalion chief works out, whatever their excuse is, because really, to me, it sounds like an excuse. Um, they're just looking for a reason not to have to do it, and that's pretty convenient. My leadership's not doing it, so I'm not going to do it. But the reality of it is, is they said they would, and, and having the courage to have those conversations. And sometimes uh, it takes building that relationship first, which takes time. Um, it's frustrating, right? You, all of us on here understand how physically demanding this job is. And when we see somebody who doesn't respect that and doesn't operate accordingly, it's really easy to get frustrated with them and write them off or not want to put the work in to get to know them. But it's just being honest with them. But I'd, I'd recommend, you know, building those relationships first. I mean, if you start talking about somebody's family and you know their kid's first name and, you know, like what kind of firefighter would you want rolling up to your to your son, Joseph? You know, what type of firefighter would you want rolling up to your house to rescue your daughter, Amy? Right. Right. Like make those connections. I think oftentimes it's us writing those people off 
And I've done that in my career too. Early on, it's like, hey, we're doing it right. You're doing it wrong. We have two completely different camps and we're going to keep it that way. But then over the years, it's like, you're still going on calls with those people, right? And if that's your partner, their their cylinder time is my cylinder time. Because if they're only in there for 15 minutes and they're bailing out and I got another 10 minutes left in my cylinder, I got to keep an eye on that person as well. So it, it's up to us to try and find ways to connect with them. And we would never leave a brother or sister inside of a structure fire to burn alive. We would never do right, We would do right. everything we can to kind of find ways to pull them out. But every single day we allow deconditioned and out of shape firefighters to get on rigs and respond to calls without saying a word or without trying to make, uh, find a way to connect with them. So my, my encouragement would be to have those conversations, those, dif- those difficult conversations, but first, you know, work to build that relationship. So that's, somebody's receiving that well. Otherwise, if, if there's no relationship there, they're, they're really not going to listen to you. It's just the way we are. It's human nature. No, no. And I love, I love the word you use uh, excuse. Cause you can always, if, if you look around for an excuse, you can always find an excuse to blame or put fault on other people for why you're not doing what you're doing. And, and I love the way you address that, man. Absolutely. Take ownership. Yeah. Jim Kuzmak said, take ownership for your own fitness. The more you do, the more they will see results and want to imitate you. Shortly, they will be right along for the ride. Yes. Love it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Stephen McCaffrey said, in my department, I have most of the department taking personal responsibility of their fitness level. I love it. As a BC, what can I do or the department do to continue to build on that momentum beyond providing time and new PT equipment? Curious on what you have seen work. Yeah, I love that this is coming from a BC. Um, I love when I see a BC workout with the crew. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with some really great BCs over my over my career that are right in there working out with the crew. They'll stop by the station. They'll put their gear on. You know, and I, oftentimes we talk about a workout and we specifically think about the gym, but sometimes it's just throwing ladders, forcing doors with our gear on. And when those BCs participate in those trainings with us, it's so powerful. Um, the big ones have already been covered, right? Making it part of the part of the day, making it a priority, uh, making it more important than cleaning the toilet. Yes. Not more important than checking out your SCBA and checking out your rig because we could go on a call in the first five minutes of us being there. But after all that other stuff is done and we're ready to go and respond to a call, it should be top priority. And if you have a culture that accepts that, then you get that work out in it as soon as you get to work once all your other responsibilities are filled. So making the time, making it part of your culture providing them with equipment and just rewarding those folks that are doing the work, you know, recognizing them. Um, oftentimes those people don't get recognized. They don't get recognized for the hard work they're doing because it, when you have firefighters that are into the job, right. And you're a BC and they're training on their own, they're working out on their own for a BC. And you know, this Corley, it's, oh, yeah. the, it's the easy button. Oh yeah. Just hit the easy button. Then you got to focus on all the, the firefighters that aren't doing what right. they're supposed to do. And a lot of times that attention goes towards them. So just recognizing people for the hard work they're doing, they don't need to be given awards and things of that nature, but just, you know, putting them in a position to, to be recognized. And, it's just um, not taking them for granted. Almost, almost like not taking right. it as a, that, that's a given. So it's worthless now, you know, it's no, it, it is a given. And that is one of the most powerful, powerful things about it is that it's a given, you know, don't take it for granted. Totally. And as a BC, I could just see, I'm not a BC, but like the BC stops by the firehouse where they're getting after it. 
And then the BC is doing their daily rounds and they stop by the firehouse that may not be getting after it, but talks about, Hey, I went by firehouse three. Those guys were getting after it. They were doing this and just talking about it with enthusiasm. And like, even though that might be the BC's expectation when they have those, you know, one-on-one meetings with the company officer at the station where the, the crew may not be getting, getting after it. We know that they, they sometimes slide back into that routine. Oh yeah. Just rec- just talking about it, highlighting it. Um, it goes a long way because that group's going to be like, well, that obviously chief likes what they're doing over there. Maybe we need to start. <laughs> right. Isn't it? Is no, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. man. Yeah. Com- com- that alpha type competent co- competition. And uh, you don't have to be alpha to, to not want to be, um, to want to be recognized for effort that is expended. Uh, I want to ask you this because we're, we're, we're similar in age. We're similar in our uh, careers and things like that. Obviously I promoted it into, and, and you, we're going to talk about backseat firefighting and that's, it's one of the topics we're going to discuss, but what as a BC talking to a veteran, highly influential backseat firefighter, what are things that make you want to do the job, uh, I'm trying to phrase, I, I, this wasn't a planned question, so it's kind of off the cuff, yeah. but what are things that resonate with you that I can do from that position that make you want to please me? I don't want to say it I, I that know way. Exactly where, I know where you're going with this. So right. As a BC, what is it that I'm looking for in my BC that connects to, you know, my dedication to that backseat? What can, you know, that where we have that, you know, mutual respect and, I just love the BCs that have a genuine appreciation for each position on the rig. And oftentimes it took that BC to sit in those positions for a period of time to get to the point to understand the amount of work that it go- that goes into being a, a good backseat firefighter, that it takes to be a good engineer, a lieutenant, a captain, and just appreciate the amount of work, value that in the sense of when they see you on the door prop, when they see you doing search drills, when they see you stretching hose for me personally, um, and just same thing, recognize it and understand, still have kind of your, a handle on what it's like to be in that position, even though your position now is completely different, Mm -hmm. still be in touch with that. And let's have a conversation. Let's talk about a fire that we recently had. And why don't, why don't you ask me what I think could have been done? Ooh, Yeah on that search, right? Like what, ask me that question. Doesn't mean I'm right, but the fact that you care about what I have to say goes such a long way. It really does for all those, for all those firefighters and all the positions, just ask questions. Um, I've had great, great experience with that. I've, like I said, I've been blessed. I have worked with a lot of really great BCs that have done that. They've asked questions and, you know, what do you think about doing this as opposed to that? What would you have done in this situation? So, um, yeah, man, I think that that does it right there. Can I melt it down? If I'm, I don't want to oversimplify it, but is, listening to your answer, does it really? And I'm again, I'm asking this for my own uh, growth. Does it really come down to humility? Yeah. Like, is that really what what you're what you're putting the pin on? Yes. Yeah. Anybody who has that spirit of humility, you recognize it right away. Um, even even a BC sharing a call that they were on when they were in my position and some of the things they could have done better. Right. Or if I had a difficult time on a call and they talk about a difficult time they had. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Humility. I mean, that's, that's an important part of our job. And I think the Mm. longer you do this, you realize how much you don't know and how much improvement there is to make 
to get to that point where you you feel like you got a handle on it. It doesn't mean you're not doing well. I think about I'm at my 20 year mark and I've come a long way, but it's still pretty cool to wake up every day and feel like there's still so much to do, even right. in the position I'm in as a back seat. There's just still so much to accomplish and to learn and calls to go on. So having that humility, I think I think that goes a long way. I love it. Okay, I got lots of. I mean, they're they're stacking up, so I'm going to try and throw questions. We haven't even got to our plan topics, but uh, that's okay. Darren Jacques says buy-in. What have you found the best way to get buy-in? We just passed a health and fitness SOG, and we'll be rolling it out next week. The requirement for PT is after 4 p.m. Monday through Friday or weekend afternoon for 60 minutes, but already we are getting kickback. Someone asked me. Has any line of duty death report stated that fitness was an issue or that the RIT crew wasn't fit enough to rescue them? So it's really the mindset towards fitness there that he's kind of asking a question about. I'll answer that line of duty question first. I don't know of any, but I do know time is a critical factor in everything we do. And it is basic math that fit people move quicker. Fit people accomplish skills quicker. Fit people you know, are getting things done in a compressed amount of time compared to deconditioned people. So that's an easy answer if, and it's not saying it's what caused the line of duty death, but if time was a factor in any line of duty deaths that weren't accidental, you know, things that happened that were out of control, uh, fitness is going to play a role in how quickly you could accomplish a task. Uh, The buy-in part of it, it starts with you. It starts with the individual person who's trying to create that buy-in. You have to be fit. You have to be somebody who walks the walk. You can't just talk the talk. Um, and that's an important part because when people see you doing it day in and day out, um, they might join you. They may not. But my question to a lot of us out there in the fire service is we may come into the firehouse with a planned workout. Like we have this specific plan that we're going to do. We have a workout in mind. and that might. Hey, John, real quick. Interrupting you to say, pull the mic closer, just as a, yep. How's that, better? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Guys. I wasn't watching the meter, and then someone said, hey, have him pull it closer. So How's that? go ahead. Good. Way better. Yes. Okay. So going Thank back you. to the, yeah, no worries. Going back to the buy-in, the buy-in's all about, you know, leading by example, walking the walk, being somebody who's fit. If you're going to ask other people to participate in workouts with you, But like I said, a lot of us go into the firehouse and we have a workout in mind that we're going to do. And maybe somebody else will join us because they consistently do. Maybe we'll get two people. But there's two of our crew crew members that are intimidated by that workout. That's not something they're willing to do. So my question is, are you willing to change your workout to get those two other firefighters to participate? Are you willing to come come up with something that begins to get them into the gym with you and what we found, what I found over the years is anytime we could create a workout that's circuit-based in nature and the timer is somebody who's either on an air bike, a rower, some sort of cardio equipment, and they're the timer. Right. And everybody else is doing something completely different, whether it's slam balls, kettlebell swings, whatever it is. No one cares how many reps you do. You know, if it's a minute of that person timing you on an air bike, minutes up, we rotate to the next station. It's a really easy way to start to invite people into, into a workout. Those that don't want to work out, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning, gets out of bed, and is like, I really want to suck today. 
I just want to suck at this job. I hope I screw everything up when I go to work. I think they've allowed themselves to slip, right? They've allowed the excuses to, to stack up. Their purpose isn't as strong as it once was when they first got into the fire service. They're not connected to the mission. All these things start to happen. Who knows what's going on in their personal life, right? They could be having the worst season in their personal life. So those things are going on, and all we want to do is get them to start. And that starts with us finding ways to get them in the gym. We had an engineer. He was on for about 25 years, and he would never work out with us. He'd get on the treadmill and walk. That was his workout. And we were doing, you know, pretty – pretty intense workouts. They were, they, they were challenging workouts and he hadn't worked out like that in his life. And I took the whole crew aside after watching this for several months. And I'm like, Hey, what do you guys think about us doing this instead? Just to get him to start to participate. And wouldn't you know it about three months into him participating and doing it with us and working out with us, he started asking, Hey, well, can we start doing those other workouts that you guys were doing before we started doing this? Nice. So it's just being willing to find a way find a way to connect with people. And let's face it, they're going to be people that are completely okay with being out of shape, being deconditioned, not being very good at the job. And there's just nothing that you could do for them. Hopefully they're not on your crew. But then there's people that are right there in the middle. At one point in their career, they were into the job, they were into fitness and life happened. And now we just need to find a way to bring them back in. So that would be my, that'd be my first step. And then on top of that, once it becomes mandatory and it's it's part of the it's part of the fire department's uh, you know policies, you got to hold people accountable to it. You can't just put it in a piece of paper and then it just be one of those things that never gets talked about or never gets addressed. And once people start being held accountable, I'm not saying hammering people, but it's like, hey, we're going to work out at this time today. My expectation is you're in the gym with us. I don't, I don't care what you do, but you're going to do something, right? So. Um, once it's once it's put into play, it's also making sure we hold people to that standard. Dude, I love it. And 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 from your story, through your personal experience, anecdotal as it you know not uh, you know study driven or anything like that, how much success have you had with um, shaming versus inviting? Like your approach to getting people to come. Uh, and I know it's personality based and relationship based and things like that, but shame versus uh, invitation versus hey, come along where you're at. What's your what's your? Does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, inviting people, being kind to people, uh, genuinely caring about people. Like, are you get are you trying to get them to work out because you want them to be a better person? Or are you just trying to, to get them to work out because you just think it's the right thing? Like, I just they just need to work out. That's wrong. Um, people pick up on that. People pick up on how we communicate with them. So being a good person, being kind, inviting them in the gym, be like, hey, we'll do whatever you want to do today. We'll we'll change up the workout. I've invited people into the gym. You know, I can't even tell you how many times that have never come in the gym. But every time we go in the gym, I'll walk around. I'll be like, hey, we're going to be doing a workout circuit based. There'll be a timer. This is what we're going to do. Just want you to know you're always invited. You're invited if you'd like to. Nice. Every time they, they might tell me no 50 times. But I just want them to know that they're always invited and that we're going to make the workout work for them regardless of what what we want to do. Now, if they don't make it in there, we might change it up and do something that we all want to do. But if they end up walking through the door and they're in the gym now, I'll just change. I'll just take the dry erase board and and change it up, put something on there that's going to work for that person. So 
inviting is the way to go. Shaming, um, they already feel uncomfortable. There's a reason they, they don't want to do it. Like continuing to, to move down that road is, is not going to help anything at all. Right on, right on. No, and, and I think it's easy. Sometimes in the moment you don't realize it, but I think it's easy in retrospect or, or hindsight to see, to realize it. Does that make, yeah. Uh, Janelle Renee says, uh, I had a company officers tell me we're at a busy house and can't work out to save our energy. How do you find time to work out at a busy station? How many times have you heard that we're busy, we can't work out? Yeah, so, and there are there are stations that just, I know I know of firehouses, they're running, you know, 30 calls in 24 hours. It's, it's busy, right? That's a busy day. It's a busy house. Um, what do you want your workout to look like? I, I made a commitment to myself early in my career, like day one. I told myself, I'm going to work out on duty every shift of my career. So what that looked like, well, there are days where I could have ended up at a firehouse. I was running 20, 25 calls, and I worked out for five minutes. It was just a matter of being able to say I did it or yeah. just a matter of overcoming the the desire to just, you know, take it easy. It just it just it was, a mo- it was more of a, a consistency that I wanted to keep throughout my career. So if you want to work out, if you want to do it on your own, do it on your own. I can't imagine somebody's going to stop you. They're going to grab you and tell you you got to stop working out. That might just be 10 minutes. 10 minutes goes a long way. Um, do something for 10 minutes. You know, get get in the gym, do something for 10 minutes. <clears throat> you may not get the whole crew to do it, especially if they're following the officer's lead. But for yourself, do it. And you just doing it. Somebody mentioned it earlier on here, right? If you do it yourself, even if they're telling you we don't have time and you're showing them, look, we do. I just did 15 minutes. I just did a 15-minute workout. Now, you're not saying it to them. They're seeing it. They're always watching you. They're always watching what you're doing, no matter what you think. If you think you're the only one in the bay or the only one in the gym and no one's paying attention, they see you in there. And, you know, you're showing them that that's not true. You're showing them that you're not so busy that you can't get a workout in. And maybe somebody joins you. Maybe it's one person, eventually two. So do it on your own. There are so many firefighters all over the country that are training on their own day in and day out, whether that's skills or fitness. And eventually what you'll see with those firefighters is they find somebody to, to join them. And and they attract. Totally. Absolutely. And, and I will, I will also say, and I don't know, uh, the, the, the original question asker, cause it, it's gone. But, um, to, in answer to your question, excuses are there if you're looking for them. And, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a sliding way, but there are busy houses in this world called job town where it is just, you are getting it on. And every day I watched the, uh, Boyd street fire. Did anybody see the, uh, the documentary on the Boyd street fire that just yeah, I watched came that out today? That was incredible. Yeah. It was amazing. The they talked volume. about that call. Dude, was insane. That yeah. station made 100 calls a day. You know, and obviously they had more than one rig running out of that station, but they had 19 guys there. So I don't know how many rigs that was, but and, you do. And, and let's talk about that, Corey. Let's say you Go. are a station like that. Yeah. I got to tell you, in and out of gear all day like that, in and out of your gear. Dude, that's a workout. Stairs. Like as far as your heart's concerned, your heart's beating 130, 140, right? The majority of the day, as far as your heart's concerned. You're riding a bike, you're doing burpees, like your heart doesn't know what you're doing. So for crews like that, like if you're that busy and you're getting after it and you have that type of fire duty, 
good for you. That is amazing. Right. And you may not, you may not be able to get a workout in. You may not physically be able to because you 100%. honestly, you honestly throughout the day are physically challenging your body. So there's that side of it too. We can't forget that there are crews that are working at such a high level and so many calls that yes. on a daily and, basis. They're- and I want to take that and put it in a box, but, but I also want to say, do not deceive yourself. If you are not that, then don't pretend that you are that because you know, I work in a four station department, four station department. We have a busy house. Don't get me wrong, but our busy house and it is our busy house. Do not, do not get me wrong. They get their sleep interrupted and they are our busy house and they are in our, in our, in our part of town that makes calls more than anybody else. But compared to <coughs> nines that made the Boyd street fire, they are not, I mean, I don't say nothing. That's not my point, but but the, the the call volume does not compare. So don't let your busy determine your commitment to fitness. Right. And if and if you're not that busy, if you're not running those calls, if you are a slower house or a, a middle ground, you know, firehouse, then what are you doing all day? Like if you can't find thirty minutes to work out, if you can't find an hour to work out, like what? Does your day consist of? And I know that's a loaded question with, oh, it is. with it all is. the things that we have. Administration and, yeah. Right. But, man, 30 minutes, come on. You can find 30 minutes in that day. And guess what? You're getting paid to do it. The only other people I know that get paid to work out are professional athletes. We're on the clock. They're paying us. So if you get to get a workout in at the firehouse, you get two if you work a 48. Get three if you're really lucky in a 48, right? You get three workouts. That's three workouts for the week that are already done. You can spend more time with your family. You don't have to try and knock those workouts in on your, on your days off. So, and not only that, our job requires it, right? Yes. And then if you could get in there with the crew, you have the shirt on. Trust is built through hard work and, and shared suffering, right? So it's on your shirt, that trust shirt. It's one that's of my favorite that shirts. Shirt, that's where we build that trust is in the gym, on the drill ground, working together. We don't build it in the recliner. We don't build it, you know, in our rooms separate from each other. We build it when we come together and I look over and I see somebody pushing just as hard as I am. I look to my left. I look to my right. We're all suffering in this workout. How much trust is built in that, in that 30 minutes to that hour that may carry over to that next call we have. That could be our career call. So I think it's so important to work out on duty. If, if the call volume allows it. And when we're talking call volume, you used a, a great example with uh, Station 9. Yeah. Most firehouses in our country are not that busy. Right. I mean, none of them are because they're the busiest one in our country. But you, you know what I'm saying. No, 100%. Hey, it blew my mind when I watched that. Because uh, you watched it today or, or a couple, it, we both watched it within the last week because it just came out. But it blew my mind. I'm like, we think we're busy, you know. And it's and it's all perspective. It really is. And I'm I'm not downplaying people's busy. Do not get me wrong. Do not take me wrong. But do not let your self deception or your self perception determine your determination and your potential. So uh, don't buy into we're too busy to work out. And there are places that are, but more than likely, more than likely, you don't work there. And then the other excuse that comes up quite often is if I work out. I'll be too tired mm-hmm. to run that call. Well, if you're that person who's going to be too tired to run that call after you work out, you're the person that needs to work out. You're the fire. Like if a workout is what's yeah. going to stop you from being able to do your job, 
you're you're not in the physical condition you need to be to do your job at the level that the citizens want you to do your job at. So that one comes up often too. I'm not no, saying yes. crush yourself and go for a PR at work every, every time, shift. every day. Yeah, in gear for you know everything. Just leave but it all. Yeah, move. Like get yeah. in the gym and move. Because if I, if a 20, 30 minute workout puts you in a position where you can't climb stairs, you can't, you know, do your job, you're, you're out of shape. Amen. Dude, you can't say it any clearer than that. And, and I, man, cause there are people that just leave it, they go out there and they work out and they leave it all out there. They, they, they leave blood sweat on the mat and it's, you know what I'm saying? On duty. Right. And it's like, man, if a fire comes in right at the end of their workout, they're screwed. They can't do crap. You know what I'm saying? And I get that argument. But my point is, like, but the other 99.9% of the time, they are going to be so much more prepared for whatever life throws at them or, or the fire ground throws at them. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It does. But if you have somebody at that level that's pushing that hard on duty, they didn't just do that overnight that's somebody has an awareness of their body of training consistently consistently challenging themselves pushing themselves right so if that's somebody who's training like that the chances are they've been doing that for a good period of time and they have an awareness of their body so yeah you could have that one person who lays it on the line and has never done that before but the majority of the firefighters that i see pushing themselves and challenging them challenging themselves have a, a phenomenal awareness of their body and, and what, 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 how far they should push right? based on all that stuff. So and, and, yeah, no, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Daniel jewelry says, John, I know a lot of fitness expectations and progress was made in the department or departments in your area over the years. How have those maintained? Yeah. So my organization right now, I'm blessed. We by far, have in my mind, this is just my my opinion, uh, the number one health and wellness program in the fire service. It's it's incredible, and I could do a whole podcast on what we do. And it was it was there way before I got there. Right. So on. that that culture. Dude, that, that, was, you you posted pictures of the gym there, and yeah, yeah just the amazing. investment, dude, is awesome. It's incredible. They 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 put a lot of uh, they make it a high priority. Is the mm-hmm. easiest way to say it. So that was there way before I got there. And all it's doing now is growing. It's just they're continuing to add pieces to it. They're continuing to add um, resources. They're continuing to uh, realize there's problems that we have as firefighters, whether it's mental health, whether it's injuries. There's all kinds of things. So I've experienced it only grow. Um, I've been with other organizations where it's maintained. I think we're pretty fortunate here in Colorado. We're a pretty fit state. Um, So my experience in Colorado has been that once a, a fitness culture has been established, it just continues to grow. Nice. And, and I haven't seen it, it start to, to recede. Now, it doesn't, doesn't mean an administration can't come in there and say, hey, we're going to stop all this fitness. But anybody who's really wanting to give the citizens the highest level of service, if you're the fire chief, you can't look yourself in a mirror and say, we need to get rid of this fitness. This is going to. You know, their injuries are down. People calling in sick is is down when you have a fit a fit firefighter. So, um, I've only seen it continue momentum continue to go in a, in the right direction. No, and one of the one of the toughest 
like workouts you can do is just CPR for an extended period of time, man. And yeah, there's uh, a reason they only want us to do it for two minutes. Yeah, or two hundred, whatever your protocol right. is, right? Two hundred compressions, two minutes, whatever you're doing. There's a reason. Yes, it is taxing. Uh, that is a work on that. Get get out your rescue, Randy, and work on that as a uh, as a uh, program. Corley, I wear I wear this uh, the Apple Watch, right? So right. we'll go on like fire alarms. You know, no fire, not a working fire. And we're walking the hallways with tools, water can, trying to find where the smoke came from or what set off the smoke detector. And sometimes chasing you're doing, yeah, you're, ch- you're uh, the whole, you know, uh, chase, chasing it down, right? So sometimes I'll look down at my heart rate, and it's like 130. And we're, we're in gear. We, we climbed a couple of flights of stairs. I consistently work out. And I just look at that. I'm like, that is amazing. Like, I love that, right? Like, I'm getting a heart rate of 130 as I'm just clearing a you know, a, a smoke, a smoke alarm. So it's physically demanding. We have to be fit. There's no, there's, I, you can't argue that. Like, I understand you may not like it. You could com- completely not like working out. And there's plenty of firefighters that do not like to work out. They do not like to be uncomfortable. They do not want to work out. It is what it is, but they can't argue that no matter how good their skills are, no matter how dialed they dialed in, they are as a, you know, they're, they're, skill set is just phenomenal they can't argue that if they were fit it would they would even be better better yes and sometimes you might have that skill set and never be in position to use it because you don't have the fitness to get into that position Mm. think about that so you have these skills you're dialed in your knowledge base is really really strong recall pattern recognition all that stuff is there but if you're not fit in your gear loaded down with everything that we have and you'll, you won't be in position to use it. So I think that's another side of it too. Cause sometimes you'll have the firefighter that's all skill based and like, I don't need it because I got this part figured right, out. Right. 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 But if you were just bringing the other part up, you'd be even that much more uh, prepared. You know, you, you made me think of a Dick Winters quote. I want to ask you about it later, but I also want to get some other things. I want to, I want to throw this at you. Um, why are firefighters out of shape? I wanted to throw this was the topics we wanted to talk about, and I wanted to throw it at you and just get your opinions. Uh, obviously, expert opinion is what I would call it. So go ahead. Yeah, first of all, it's not expert, dude. This is all trial and error. This is like years of just trying different protocols for myself, having conversations. <clears throat> I'm figuring this out with everybody else. Like I right just on. happen to be passionate about it, something that I've invested a lot of time in, but I am by no means an expert. Fair enough. What I My word's not find, John's. <laughs> what I consistently find with firefighters that are out of shape is they're not connected to a purpose stronger than their excuses. Their purpose, their reason for being in shape is not, it's just not strong. The way they look at the job is different than somebody who's consistently training, consistently working out. The way they view the job is off. And what we find is sometimes these firefighters do want to change and they begin to make all the decisions to change. They, they shop, they buy the right food, they join the gym and they might be 50 pounds overweight. It might've taken them five years to get there. They might've got out of the Academy, right? Cause motivation will get you through an Academy, right? on. Right. We talk about motivation will get you through an Academy. Discipline will get you through a 30 year career. So you were motivated to go through an academy. You got through it, the minimum standard. 
And then you just started gaining that five pounds a year, right? For five years or 10 pounds a year for five years. And what happened was either you never had a, a really clear view or really had a deep level of respect of the physical demands of our job. Like you have to respect the physical demands of our job. It is incredible what we do. 100%. At times we're wearing 100 pounds of gear. We got ceiling temperatures of 1,000 degrees, two to 300 degrees at the floor, right? We're tripoding, trying to do a primary search. We got tools. We're dealing with fire conditions. Our heart rates, we can't even replicate the heart rates that we will see inside of a structure fire in a training environment. It's almost impossible. Right on. Right? So that respect for the physical demands may not be there. And if I'm yelling, man, let me know because I start getting getting fired up with some of this stuff. So. How do I the, sound? Am I okay? The crowd will let you know. The crowd will let me know, and I will let you know. But <laughs> okay. so far, so good. Yeah. All right, man. So that respect for the physical demands need to be there. How you view the job has to be really solid. And until those things are clear, even that firefighter that decided they want to get in shape has never changed the way they look at the job. Right. So they're destined to fail. January 1st, you see it. The gyms are going to be packed. The gyms are going to be packed. By January 31st, moving into February, what are you going to see? You're going to see 50% of the amount of people that were there on January 1st because they made the decision to change their behaviors, but they never changed their purpose. They never changed the way they look at what they're doing. Nice. So that's the one thing we see is that if you could get somebody to start looking at the job a little bit different, I mean, what we get to do is incredible. In a moment in time, we're going to be potentially be the person that makes the difference between life and death. Yes. That's amazing. Like I look at the job that way. Everybody on here tonight looks at the job that way. And what type of person is going to show up in that moment in time? Is it going to be somebody who's fit? It's going to be somebody who's dialed in with their skills, their knowledge base. Do they have the courage? Do they have the mindset? And that's when you start looking at the job that way, you have no choice but to consistently work out. But if you look at this as a pension, a schedule, right? Uh, a job that provides for your family so you could build your part-time business. And if that's the only way you see this job, it's going to be really hard for you to connect to it in a way that allows wow. you to overcome all the excuses that are going to come. The same excuses that got you to be 50 pounds overweight. So the one thing I see that creates out of shape firefighters is they just don't have a purpose that's stronger than their excuses. They don't have a view of the job that would consistently make them feel like I have no choice but to consistently work out. It's not like I have a choice. So we talk about this, you know, we lose the right to be out of shape. The day we become firefighters, we lose the right. We no longer, it's not like we have it. Like we don't have a choice. It's part of, it's part of the job. It's part of our responsibility. So I would say it's purpose. It's just not strong enough. And that's what creates those out of shape firefighters. Boom. Oh, there you go, man. If you get nothing else out of this, uh, uh, jump seat leadership said, there it is. There is a purpose problem, not a fitness problem. And I, I and Joshua absolutely crushes it. There comes down to one thing, that mindset. This comes from Darren Jacquez who said, we need that warrior mindset and need to work on ourselves in a 360. Uh, and then in reference to your, am I speaking too loud? They said, uh, keep firing up passion driven. I love it. Speak louder. Ha ha ha. That come from chance Olson. Preach it, John from Philip Grand. And so, yeah, hundred percent. You were not speaking too loudly. Okay. I just want to, I sometimes find myself, it's something I'm, 
I get excited about, man. I can't. Dude, I love your passion, man. There is no doubt about it, man. And it, and it translates, man. Uh, all right. Going back to the notes. I am pulling them up. Why are firefighters out of shape? How to build, how do you build a fitness culture? We've been touching on this already, so it kind of ties in, but how do you, tips and tricks. I I hate that term. I I think the best place to build that culture is in the academy, right? Mm. If you could get yourself, if you're somebody who really wants to build a fitness culture, try to get yourself into a fire academy as an instructor, as an adjunct instructor, whatever it is. If you could begin to build that mindset, and the new firefighters are coming in and, and show them how great this job can be when you're able to do it at a high level, when you're good at it, and just begin to build it in that academy. I think that's the best place to start if possible. Now, what do you do with all the firefighters that are already into making the excuses? The culture is really not there for fitness. You have a whole fire department. Okay, that's great. We're dealing with the fire academy. They're going to be making their way into the fire service and to get, getting out online and making their way into the firehouses, and that's great. What do we do with the online crews that are already out there? Just like we talked about, you know, be that example. I oftentimes see people that want to make a change. They want to create a change, but they're not an example of that change. Right. Right. So you lose the power of influence if you're not an example of what you're trying to mm, change. So that's that's powerful. Be, that's powerful. Right? There's just like no influence there. People right. aren't taking you serious. So be somebody who's consistently working out. Be somebody who's consistently doing the things to be healthy, you know, health and wellness, you know, type of stuff, classes you're taking, whatever it is. And then begin to infuse that into your culture. Begin to have those conversations with those firefighters in your firehouse. Hopefully you could have that conversation with your company officer. And yes. um, I was, I always hear like, what do you do when you're told no? Like what, like you, you go to somebody and you're like, Hey, what do you think about us working out as a crew? You know, every day we work out as a crew and you're told no. How often do people stop at that first no? Right. All the time. Right. You haven't even gotten to the starting line unless you've been told no 12 times. 12. And how, how important, I mean, how important is this to you? Right. It's so easy to say, hey, we want this to happen. And you know, you sit around the firehouse, and we have all the answers. All right. the answers. Oh, right? every, every one of oh, them at the kitchen table. Ask one of those people. That's a great idea. You want to go out to training and implement that? You want to be reassigned to training? Yeah. No. Right. So it's it's really easy for us to be wanting. We want something to happen, but we got to do the work, man. We got to find ways to inspire, inspire people. Inspire means in spirit. Right. And ins- inspiration is a powerful thing. If you could, through your own example, inspire those around you with kindness, caring relationships, Ooh. not abrasive. I love it. Right. You man. Dude. Who doesn't want to be around somebody who's like nice to me, cares about me, knows about me, means they listen to me. Oh, and they do this workout thing. Okay. I want to, oh, I want to be a part of that. I'll be, I want to be a part of that. It, right. Like, so. Hey, it's so much easier to complain about what you can't do and, and blame it on things that are outside of, I can't do it because of this. And so I guess I can't do those things, you know, Corley, I'm at the point now where I have ideas that I think would be great trainings and things. And but I don't have the time to implement them, so I don't voice them. Ah, see what I'm saying? But in the in the past, I'd be like, "Oh, this is a great idea. Let's do." Right. And it's like, "Are you going to do it?" 
are you going to be the one that's going to step up and do it? So there's that balance. But I don't I think know. 100%. Inspiring I, people is such the a The dichotomy is real. But yeah. 100%. I, uh, man, I got to tell you, like, you live the example of the fitness. Like, no one can doubt John Spears' personal example that I know of day in, day out, on shift, uh, putting in the work. But I'll tell you what. There are days, man, just like we're all human, right? 100%. Human, na- human nature, the way our brains are wired, we are wired to seek comfort. We are oh, wired yeah. to take the path of least resistance. Oh, it's yes. a safety survival thing. So like if I have a choice to sit in the recliner or go out in, into the bay or work out in the gym, man, it's sometimes real. Like, And there are times where I do sit down in the recliner. Like I don't yes. work out all day, right? But I have to also ask myself, what did I do today? to get better. And if the answer is nothing, I haven't earned that time. I have not earned that time yet. So I'm going to go find something to do. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to filter it back through the purpose we talked about earlier. And for me is I believe, right? I believe my level of fitness and training will make the difference between life and death for others. I believe that that's a, that's a belief. It's not a catchphrase. It's not something that I want to just throw on a t-shirt. It's what I believe. So if that's truly what I believe and I haven't done anything for the day to get better, whether it's training, fitness, why am I sitting down doing nothing? Mm. So I have to filter my decision through that belief. And if that belief is true and not just something that I like to talk about, if that if there's truth to that belief, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something. And what would even be better than me just getting up and doing something and doing something is invite somebody to do it with me. I'm going to go catch a workout in the gym. You want to, you want to do it with me? Maybe we'll just do like 10 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever. Every time most people like, yeah, let's, that, that sounds great. I was just about to sit down here too. Let's, right let's, go, do, let's go do it. So yeah, man, it's, although I do it consistently, I'm like nobody else. I'm like everybody else, man. It's, you gotta, you gotta check yourself. That's something that we got to do a better job of is checking ourselves and making sure we're being the person we said we would be. Such a power. And I want to say, Joshua Chase just asked a question. Like, you just, just like crushed. It was like a, his question was the, the fastball that you just crushed over the, the wall in a home run answer because, uh, you were answering it, not even knowing the question had been asked, but 100%, man, uh, that is a, 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 that is the answer right there and the passion that was shown in it. And sometimes I sit here and go, don't talk, Corley. Don't talk. Don't ruin this soundbite. That's my, my mindset because you were absolutely on point because it's powerful. It really is powerful and people need to hear it, man. Well, the hard part is, is the truth is the truth, whether you like it or not. Right. And there's some truths that have stung me before, right? We all have those truths that sting us because maybe we're not in line with what we should be doing in a particular area of our life. Right. At some point we've all Mm -hmm. had that. And if that truth for you is, you know, we have to be fit and you're not fit. It's still the truth. No matter how it makes you feel, right? It's up to you on how you respond to that. But it's still the truth. Like, there's no getting around the fact that our job is one of the most physically demanding things. Yes, that anyone could do. And you see pro athletes throw gear on all the time and try to run through a. There was a video going around recently. Um, pro athletes will tro- throw our gear on and, and try to run the combat challenge right. or something right. like that, and it overwhelms them because yes. the heat, the heat trap alone. Yes. 
the heat trap, the Navy alone. SEALs that try to, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. And I and don't get me wrong, Josh, I don't want to downplay your question. I don't want to be like belittling your question because it's a great question. And here it is. He said, for firefighters that are lacking a sense of purpose, when it comes to the fire service, what can we do to help them find purpose? Does purpose have to be job related? And that whole, uh, I don't want to say rant, but the diatribe you went on was just beautiful in in answering that. So I want to be very clear. And then to kind of, it it was a great question, but go ahead. Kind of add on to what he asked is, yeah, it could be outside the fire service. It could be your family. Like for me personally, I'm 47 years old. If I go to the park with my kids, I'm running around with my kids, right? I'm playing tag soccer, whatever we're doing. Like I'm the dad that's running around. I'm not on the bench on my phone, half my age. While my kids are like starting to roam off and I have to walk over and like make sure their kids don't run in traffic. Right. So if you stay in physically fit has to come down to something outside the job, but it also helps you with being a prepared firefighter, man, whatever it takes. I've right gotten on. people to work out because I convinced them that it would improve their golf game. Right? <laughs> had nothing to do with the job, but I cared about the person. I knew they were going to retire in about five years and they were carrying an extra 70 pounds. And when they retired, that 70 pounds was gone. I have no idea what it did to their golf game. I don't play golf. But whatever it takes. So to answer Josh's question, absolutely. Being able to come home to your family, being able to be that, that mother or father who's got the energy to you know, run around with their kids or has right. the energy to you know, participate in their life at a higher level, whatever it takes. If you can't look at the job in a way that nice. warrior spirit, the way it was mentioned earlier, I believe in that 100%, right? If you can't look at it that way, find something else that keeps you discipline not motivated but discipline to do it even when you don't want to no and even if something as simple as this because this is something mean you know my wife amanda and uh yeah. we we were talking and it's like man i when when we go to the lake at, at my grand my parents house their grandparent my kids grandparents house i want to ride the sea dews and and have fun but i don't want to be at ever be at a point where i can't do that does that make sense if that's your motivation, right. let it be your motivation. Let it be. Yeah, that's yes. awesome. I want to be able to say yes. Hey, Dad, you want yes. to throw the football? Yes. Do you yes. want to play basketball? Yes. Do you want to go for a run? Yes. Right. I want to be able to do that as long as I can. You know, and for for me to be able to do that, thankfully my job requires me to be fit. Right. And also being a father that requires me to be fit as well. If so. you want to be involved and in, in, in active, my, my dad, like he's like 68 years old. This is a couple of years ago as he turned 70, but he's up on like, like this astronomical pitch of like, I don't even 28, 12 or whatever it is. And I had to actually tell him like, if you do not get down, I am leaving. I'm not helping you build this anymore because he was literally putting himself in I'm like, I'm not going to be here when the ambulance shows up to package you up. That's awesome. So, no, and so I have that genetics working for me. Oh, yeah. And, but I don't want to throw that away, you know, if that's the motivation. He's he's 68 years old framing a house with a 28-12 pitch. So, it's incredible. Um, I'm very proud of him. But, okay, I'm moving into this. Vigilante, question of the week. This one comes from Jim Platt out of Indiana. And I love this question because it really does apply to me. And this is the reason I chose it out of, there was like a lot of good questions from the vigilantes. So I had to pick it, but this one I picked because of me being a 40 plus year. And that that's, that's the part that applies to me. The 40 plus year old trying to keep up with the 20 somethings. I push hard in the gym. 
But doing this, I am constantly sore, and when I am constantly sore, I start to lose my drive. What can us 40-plusers do to keep up with the young guys and, in turn, not lose our drive when the Geritol runs out? (laughs) That's awesome. So, first of all, we're not trying to keep up with them. We're trying to still beat them. That's even though it only happens 50% of the time anymore. Right. Now I get the question 100%. Um, soreness is a real thing. Uh, the recovery that I have at 47 compared to 30 is completely different. So I manage that. So what I do is I'm just really specific on how I train, how much time I give myself to recover, my nutrition. Um, sleep's a big part of, of my, my uh, program. Uh, when I was younger, I was one of those guys that would say, you sleep when you're dead. Now I realize like if I don't sleep, I'm going to be dead. Right. So it's uh, making sure I get that recovery between workouts. Uh, I can't do as many hard workouts as I used to do. I used to be able to, you know, push myself. I thought in the past that I wasn't training or really working out unless I pushed myself to the point of complete exhaustion, every single workout. And I did that for years. I did that for 15 years. And over time, as I got older, I had to do that maybe once a week, twice a week and the rest of the workouts were good workouts i'm still challenging myself i'm still working hard but my recovery is definitely not what it used to be but you put me in the gym with some younger firefighters i'm still going to try and 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 beat them but we're not working out every day together and those days where i might be home jump on the air bike in the basement i may not be going all out i might be doing intervals at maybe 70 percent of my max heart rate 60 percent, you know just lower heart rate range Whereas when I'm with the younger, younger group, I might be up in the 80, 90% just because right. I'm in that environment. And it's cool. Like the reason I, I don't compete with them anymore to try and win. Like I did when I was younger, I compete with them now to show them what's possible mm. when they're 47 years old. Hell yeah. It's all about like, this is what you could do if you consistently, you know, train and work out. It's not about, I may not win. They might beat me. It doesn't matter. I just want them to see somebody who's 47 At some point, I'll be in my 50s, hopefully able to do the same thing, that you could still perform at a high level if you make it a priority as you advance throughout your career. So my answer for him would be, you know, pick your spots where you're going to push yourself. If it has to be with the younger group, that's awesome. I think it's great to inspire them and show them that you're right there with them. And it may be on your days off, you know, not push it as hard, but still consistently train and then take that recovery and, and don't hammer yourself maybe three days in a row. And I'm at the point now, like if I come off a 48-hour shift where we were up both nights and I'll look at my, my heart rate when I get up in the morning, if I could see that I just didn't get the rest. When I come home, I'll typically get some rest. My kids are older now, so they, get, they go to school, get right. them off to school. I'll, get, I'll take, you know, maybe a nap. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of naps. Oh, I love especially naps. Especially if you earn them, right? If you earn that nap. Not just nap to nap, but you earn that nap. So I'll take that nap. I'll get up. You know, and then do a, a workout, something lighter, or I might not even work out at all because I got, I'm just, it's okay to take the day off. I just worked two days in a row, most likely got two to three workouts in on my 48 hour shift. It's okay to just not, not train. I'll stretch, uh, hydrate, eat good, and, and be ready when the family gets home for the day and be able to be present. So I 100% understand what he is talking about because I feel that soreness. That used to never be there. I could go, 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 go. But now I just got to give myself more recovery and just be more specific on how often I train to that high intensity and how much time I give myself between 
those sessions. So hopefully nice. that answers that question. Dude, uh, you crushed the question. <laughs> uh, I'll give you some. Uh, there's other people chimed in, but yeah. Uh, from one of the oldest dogs, I don't. Uh, Dennis, Chief Dennis Raleigh said, from one of the oldest dogs, I don't worry about keeping up with the young kids. I just try to be the best I can do. Uh, Travis Harden said, John Spira, the senior guy we all hope to be someday. Um, Michael Lataki said, faster, slow, doesn't matter, Chief. You're still out there getting it. I hope to be out there like you are after retirement. And Jim Platt said, thank you, with three exclamation points. So 100% absolutely resonating. Well, Dennis, Dennis Riley, that guy is incredible. He's Dude, still getting, getting the workouts on. Day. So every that's day. what I'm – so that – you remember what I said, like how you could show those guys that are younger, I'm 47 – I don't know how old Chief Riley is, but I'm watching him and I'm like, look at that. When I'm when I'm that age, I'm going to be able to still like he's given me that view. Yes. That is so important. And then Travis, Travis is an amazing firefighter out of the colony. That guy, he is he is awesome. So that's really kind words of you, Travis. I appreciate that, man. But I look at what you're doing, man, and I, I hope to be as good as you are. You're you're doing great stuff yourself. There you go. All right. Vigilante question of the week from Jim Platt. Out of the way, book or books that you think firefighters should be reading? This is my favorite question. This is my personally favorite question I ask of people. So you've written yeah. a few. but So here's – I'm going to go back to actually – I'm going to bring back the one that we talked about the first time because I don't think everybody was tuning in then. So we're going to cover this one because it's that important. Um Mm, it's strong brother fearless beam this when we talk about mindset part of building a mindset is what you consume so i believe our inputs what we take in the books we read the people we surround ourselves with the podcasts we listen to right those are our inputs our inputs create our outputs Mm. so we could be real specific on what we read and and who we hang out with because what that's going to do is the inputs are going to frame how we think and how we think is going to fr- is going to create how we act and our how we act creates our life. So this yes. book right here is one of the most incredible stories I've ever read. Um, it's the Adam Brown story. A lot of you probably have already read it at this point, but a lot of people don't know this story. And it's an amazing story of a resilience, overcoming adversity. And when I, I, I would be lying if I didn't think about Adam Brown during a workout or a training evolution that I've done in the past. So now I have this story in my mind, I have an example of somebody who's went through a lot more than I did and didn't quit. Well, I'm not going to quit either. So fearless is right up there. So this is one that we've covered in the past. This is a new one. That's very similar to that. It's called objective secure. Ooh, I haven't seen it. Nick Lavery, green beret. He's the only green beret to make it back to special ops after a full leg amputation. Um, this story right here is right in line with what we just talked about with Adam Brown. Uh, and he actually gives you kind of a a framework to reach your goal. So whereas fearless is more of a story that you'll pull things out on your own based on where you're at in that season of life, this one gives you the step-by-step plan to reach nice. your goal. So amazing. He had a podcast. If you get a chance, listen to his podcast with um, Jocko. I, I can't remember the number, but look up Nick Lavery with Jocko. Five hour podcast. Oh dang. I'm not okay. a, I'm not a I'm not a five hour podcast guy, trust me. I didn't listen to it for five hours straight, 
but I listened to it. I listened to every minute of that five hours over a week. Powerful. You will be inspired. You will be a better person for hearing this man's story. And I got one more book. This one's a faith-based book. So it's how God, uh, it's men throughout the Bible. And God never used men in the Bible that had it all figured out, that were running, you know, downhill with the wind at their back. These were people that were struggling, uh, having difficult times. And it's each story in here is an example of a man in the Bible who God used to do great things. Phenomenal book. Jim Moss sent this to me. So, Jim, i got to give you credit if you're on here, if you listen to, to this later. Um, I share this book with everybody. I buy additional copies and I hand this book out like crazy. So How, how God, God Makes, makes men. men. Those would be I my top it. Those would be my top three. And you got a lot behind you there. So, yes. Yeah, they're not I, I don't props. read those. I, I, nah, I'm not that smart. I just put them back. They're props. They're not props. I'm just kidding. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100%, man. That's why. And, and, and the, the cool thing for me is I just got two I haven't heard of because the objective. Uh, yeah, Objectives uh, of a Cure just came out in this last year. Objectives I, I hadn't Cure. heard that yet. Yeah, so that's great. You'll love it. It's right. I love it's finding in your new wheelhouse. Ones. Yeah, yeah and this so, one I highly recommend. And it, 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 yeah, okay, one hundred percent. So I got to add two more books that I'm going to try and bump up in my my reading list, which is already way behind. Um. All right. So here's the cool part, John Spira, is the first time you came on was number twenty four of the scraps. At that time, there was only one question. It was like, "What's the major problem in the American Fire Service?" And you answered it. And it was awesome. And then after that point, somewhere like in the 30s, I got tired of the negativity of that question. And I, and I made up the next or the five questions for firefighters. And then for like 100 episodes, firefighters answered the five questions for firefighters. But you've never heard the original five. And now you get to answer the next five questions for firefighters. So my question cool. for you is this. Are you ready for the next five questions for firefighters? I'm ready. The answers are 100% your opinion. There is no right or wrong. And the points are arbitrary assigned by me and the audience as we listen to you answer the question. So here we go. Number one. What single characteristic makes the difference between a run-of-the-mill firefighter and the top-tier go-to badass firefighter? Humility. That's easy. Mm. Humility. Once you have humility, you have the ability to grow because you're able to recognize and having humility doesn't mean that you don't recognize the things that you're good at. It's not just beating yourself up all the time. It's like, let's, let's honor the things I'm good at, the strengths that I have. Right. But let's also recognize the things that I need to improve. And I think humility comes from having a really deep respect for our job and the responsibility in front of us. I mean, it's great. How can that not humble you? So humility, I think, is by far um, one of the, it's the foundation. And you're right, early on, my first couple of years, I might not have had it, man. I thought I was, <laughs> you know, and it, I, tell, I tell people there's two types of firefighters. There's firefighters that are humble and those that are about to be. About to be. I love it, man. No, yeah. and I love, I love, I, I will give you max points. Yeah, jump seat leadership said six million points. I'm not sure what max points. Uh, Valerie Marshall said 1 billion points. So I'm not sure what max Valerie, points. Valerie, what's up? <laughs> I'm not sure what max points is, but you just hit them because 
it wasn't just the answer, which is 100% max points. Humility is the bedrock, the absolute foundation of getting yeah. past self-deception and, and having an accurate self-perception. But you said that's easy. And that's what I love. And I don't mean that in a, uh, you didn't say it in a cocky or, or demeaning way. It is that simple. It is that simple. You know, what's that self reflection, right? Yes. Like at the end of the day, like reflecting on, I do this as a parent all the time, right? It's like, man, I didn't really handle that really well with my son. I wish I would have been a little bit more patient. Right. I'm going to have to revisit that, have a conversation with him, right? Or as opposed to being like, well, that's just the way it is. Right. You need to deal with it. No. So as as firefighters, we have to have that reflection every Brother, single every I love single, it. Yeah. So like nothing. I, here's the deal I go through, which is I've just I've been going through this thing with the Emperor's New Clothes. Like Hans Christian Andersen wrote it like I don't know 200 years ago, 180, 90 years ago, uh, and it's all about this whole thing about don't surround yourself with people who won't tell you the truth. You know, people really latch on to this whole idea of uh, you're naked, but no one's going to tell you because you can't hear it. You know, right. but what they lose sight of is a, the beginning of the story is the person had to say, oh yeah, I see the, I see the fabric. Yeah. Make me some clothes out of that. No, there was no fabric there. You're lying to yourself. You didn't have right. the humility to say, I don't see it. And then the the really crushing part is the end of the story. When the emperor is walking down the street and the kid says, he's got no clothes on, Right. And everybody kind of is like, what? And then he carries on. And that's the part that's actually brutal because it's that lack of humility to say, holy crap, I am naked right now. It's like, no, no, I'm not naked. I'm going to carry on with this whole. Anyway, sorry. You no, no, me. man. That's, <laughs> this reminds us of my, our conversation we had the other day. We started in one direction. We were all over. So that's, uh, that's what happens when you get like-minded people together, man. We, we just start going. Max points. Question one, I'll get to question two. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice as a rookie, and I'm really interested in this question because you've had a chance to give it to yourself multiple times, but what would that advice be? I hate to sound like the same broken record, but just humility, like getting back to recognizing what you're not good at, being okay, and I'm talking about my first time as a rookie. This changed over I've been a rookie three times. So my first time as a rookie, just being willing to, to say, I don't know something, um, I think would have gone a long way as opposed mm-hmm. to, I never, I was never pretending I knew something, but at the same time, I wasn't honest about where I was at. Sure. So I could have compressed my growth as a new firefighter if I was just really honest about where I was at because I had no previous experience. If I would have just said, hey, can you explain that to me again? Because I don't understand what you're saying as opposed to walking away with, I don't know what he was talking about. I'm just going to have to figure this out on my own. And how long did that take me to, to get to that point of figuring it out where they would have been more than happy to just repeat what they just said. So yeah, just being willing to ask questions and, and not worrying about here's here. I'll kind of give you more than just that. Cause that was kind of the same answer, not worrying about what other people think about you. Okay. Not being so worried about what do they think about me? What does this person think about me? And be more focused on what do I need to do right now to be successful? What skills do I need to do? What do I need to learn? Mm. Yeah, I want I want my crew to like me. Everybody wants their crew to like. But how much weight are you putting in that? And how much you know bandwidth are you using? Energy are you using? Worried about what people think about you? And I think a lot of firefighters that's like an unspoken thing 
coming in the fire service so wanting to please those around them yes. that they're not in the present moment to learn what needs to be learned because there's that fear. We talk about challenge threat. We won't get into this now, but right. It's that challenge yes. mindset and not being so worried about what people think about you. No. And I a hundred percent asked this question selfishly because my son, you know, I, I tell people all the time, he, <clears throat> he's on OKC fire. He just finished his rookie year and he, he gets assigned to a new crew and, and, the, and the struggles he faces to fit in. And, and, and I love the, I'm going to make him listen to this podcast is what I'm saying. So, well, here's uh, the thing too, Corey, like as a new firefighter, if you just work hard, right, <coughs> just anticipate the needs of your crew. If you're somebody who's brand new in a firehouse, like getting things done before they need to be done, being eager to learn, being that go-to person, and, you know, outwork everybody in the firehouse. Like you're never going to have to worry about what people think about you. And the person who doesn't like you, that's who cares? Like that right person has a problem. But if you're doing everything that you need to do as a brand new firefighter, then you don't necessarily have to worry about what people think about it. It's when you're not and you're not two steps ahead of what needs to get done that you begin to have that fear of, you know, what are they thinking about me? Right. Even though I was doing those things, I thought I was. I bet I could have done a better job. I still was worried about as a new firefighter what everyone thought. I didn't have the maturity to be like, hey, I'm doing what I need to do. I thought, you know, it's working as hard as I can. Why am I so concerned about it? So. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more than just humility. No, no, dude. But even with humility, two for two, max points. Number three, what is your favorite training drill? So I'm a big fan of any type of basic skill, any basic skill, forcible entry, throwing ladders, even catching a hydrant. Like everyone thinks, you know, catching a hydrant, that's that's right. easy. Well, sometimes right. it's not when it's two in the morning and it's snowing outside. Like those are things that change. So any basic skill that you're competent in, I like to add stress before doing the skill. Nice. And then if you could put a series of skills together, so whether that's getting on the air bike, I know I talk about the air bike a lot, getting on the air bike, getting your, you know, crushing 10 calories real quick. Maybe you get off the air bike, you might be in gear, you may not be in gear. Maybe when you get off the air bike, you put your gear on, dress out, and then you do the skill. Maybe you get off the air bike with your gear on, but you don't have your mask on, you mask up. Then you force the door. You know, I like anytime we could elevate ourselves through physical exercise, but that's only after that basic skill is complete. You know, you're, you're solid in that basic skill. You're locked in. Yeah. And then when you could start stringing those basic skills together. So now you get off the air bike, you stretch a line, you force the door. I mean, those are great, great, mm. uh, great ways to just make it fun too. And then what I really like is when you compete with each other, right? Nice. So competition gets such a bad rap nowadays because everyone gets participation trophies, right? right? There's really the fire fire service. I think we still do a pretty good job of keeping that from happening. You know, we could say minimum standards of participation trophy. That's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> for the purpose of this is when we compete with each other, it pulls more out of us than we would normally pull out of us. And who cares who wins? Like I've gotten beaten by crew members many times, but when we compete with each other, the citizens we serve are the ones that win because we're the ones that are pushing each other in those trainings. So anything that's stress on the front end, basic skills strung together in a competition type setting, I think is, is it's a good time. It builds camaraderie and it just makes us better. Hey, there you go. 
every training, every training officer, every training chief in the American Fire Service, listen to the last five minutes of this scrap and improve your training today. Max points on number three. That's one, two, and three max points. Number four, what mistake have you learned the most from in your fire service career? What mistake have I learned the most from in my fire service career? I think for me, it's, I do a pretty good job of admitting when I'm wrong. My biggest mistake is always saying that I'm good. Like when people are like, Hey, how's it going? Great. I got the wind at my, you know, got the wind at my back. I'm running downhill. Life is awesome. What I'm realizing lately, and I'm going to share this. I'll be transparent with everybody on here. You know, we're going through a season right now in our home where my oldest daughter is struggling with some mental health stuff. And I, I would never say this ever. And I don't know how many people are going to listen to this. This is completely a different me even mentioning this. Okay. COVID, you know, homeschool, all the stuff that happened. She developed some anxiety, some social anxiety. So we're working through that right now. Right on. In the past, I've had seasons of my career that had difficulties at home and things like that, marriage stuff, whatever it might be. Absolutely. And people would always ask me, hey, um, how's it going, John? And I would always say it's great. Life is great. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, it wasn't. You know what I've learned? That no one's life is great. Right. We're all broken, dude. At some level, we all have something going on. Yes. And the more we lie and say everything is great, the less opportunity we have to connect with each other. So recently, when somebody who I have a relationship with asked me, hey, man, how's it going? I'm like, really? It's not going that great, man. Right now, we're in a difficult season. My daughter's struggling. This is what's going on. We're working through it. All hands on deck. We're going to help her. She's getting, you know, we're making progress. Right. And then I stop talking. Guess what that person does? Dude. Man, I'm having the same, the same things happening yeah. with my kid. Oh, my son's doing this. My wife and I aren't getting along. Why are we doing that? Like, I'm not the guy that walks around going, woe is me, and you hear all my problems. But if there's a true, authentic moment that could happen between two friends or two people that know each other, man, we need to do a better job of that. We just, because you know why we don't? We need that person to trust that I'm ready to go when the next call comes in, and they can't know that I'm weak. Guess right? what? We're all weak. We all are. Everybody listening, we're all broken. We all have problems in our life. We all have challenges. And the more we talk about it, when it's appropriate with each other and share, the more we realize we're not in this alone. We're all going through the same stuff. I know that's a little bit more than you wanted, but I, that was an op- I, that didn't come for me, bro. That was God. Dude, he just that was told me to say that. <laughs> not more than I wanted. It was just way more than I deserved, dude. That was a powerful, powerful answer. I don't think there's enough points to give you for that one. So. I will close it out with heavy fire and searchable space. Would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on VES? Right now I'm assigned to an engine. So you would think I would say the nozzle, but VES all day, yes, every day. Even coming off an engine, I could do VES, especially our district. There's a chance we could be by ourselves. And it's one of the reasons I picked where I'm at is that on an engine, where I'm, where I'm at in uh, my department, we could be on scene for a little while by ourselves, which I love the idea of getting to do multiple skills. The reason I talk about VES, there's so many fire skills involved with VES. If you really think about it, getting off the rig, separating from the rig with your hand tools, with a ladder, ladder in the appropriate window, going up, breaking the window, all the stuff we do, going inside. And now you're doing a primary search. And right if you on. go beyond the door, you go into that. I mean, there's just so many 
great things we get to do with a VES operation with the opportunity to pull somebody out of that ideal age as soon as possible. So that would be, that's kind of what I thought about when I got in the fire service, not necessarily VES, but the whole thought of like searching down a hallway, heavy smoke, yes. see the glow down the hallway in that bedroom. You know, like that's the kind of vision I had when I came into the fire service. So I'm still that I'm still wanting to do that stuff. That man. same guy. Yeah, dude. Hey, here's what I will say. I will challenge anybody, anybody to listen to 166 scraps and not find a better answer to the five questions or next five questions to firefighters. That is the absolute max points that I can give. Um, I cannot say it more. I really do challenge anybody listening to the podcast or live or to the YouTube and, and let me know if I'm lying. It, and that is a powerful, powerful thing. Thank you, John, for what you have brought tonight. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. And I'll tell you what, the um, amount of just straight up inspiration that comes from this show. And what I love about it is like, this is live. Like there's no, like <laughs> when every time I see somebody on here, I have such a deep level of respect for the person that you're talking to because they're just talking from, from their heart. Like there's no, none of this, like we've done a podcast and my podcast is coming back. Right. I'm actually, I, dude, I'm, I'm super throwing, excited I'm about that. This yes, in there. yes. I'm go. throwing this in there. As soon as I get off here with you, I'm doing an interview with Cody Trestrail. Nice. Yeah, I've been trying to get him to do a podcast with me for like five years. Join the club. But yeah, I know. So <laughs> yeah, so and that'll be recorded. And but man, there's just something about just coming on and hearing these firefighters all over the country. I have such a deep level of respect for everybody you brought on, and uh, for you to say that about the answers, man, I Dude. appreciate that. But there's so many, <clears throat> so many good things I've heard just in those five questions alone. So I'm going to say my that. absolute pleasure to be on here, bro brother. I'm, I'm grateful for for the time we spent together. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you one more thing. Everybody okay. that's on here, isn't tonight, Monday night, it's yes. Monday night, right? So everybody who's tuning into this thing could have been watching Monday night football. Absolutely. Right. But they're not, they're here listening to a fire service, you know, <laughs> conversation, asking questions because they're into the job and they want to get better. So hopefully I, I added something to their, to their time. And uh, I appreciate it, man. I 100% brother. I do not speak in hyperbole when I, when I, when I say that was a killer, killer answer to those questions. And that officially makes it 167 scraps in the books. The John Spira. Hey, if someone wants to get a hold of you and I'm so excited about fit to fight fire podcast coming back, dude, I cannot say that enough. Uh, but how can people get a hold of you? Um, tell them how to be a part of your community, a part of the Patreon, everything go. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the podcast is coming back. We're going to focus on faith. It's going to be a faith-based podcast, family and fire. But I really want to hear about the testimonies of firefighters all over the country who have that relationship with God, have that relationship with Jesus, and how that's impacted their career and allowed them to do what we do. Because what we do is incredible. The things we see, the things we hear, the things we smell – um, 99 point whatever percent of the population will never experience that. These firefighters have that relationship. And I want to hear about how that's impacted their their career, their home life. So that's going to be the focus of the podcast. Uh, FitToFightFire.com is the best place to connect, um, social media as well. Uh, what we have now is we have the opportunity to join a community where on a daily basis you'll get a workout of the day. So seven days a week you get a workout of the day. 
you get a what I consider like an inspirational message that helps connect you to the oath. It's called Vitamins for the Mind. That's the name of the message nice. that you get every single morning. You get a training. You at least get a two-hour training um, every every month. We've had um, Jay Bonnenfield on. We've had Dennis Riley on. Uh, we've had Sean Duffy on. Uh, I'm going to try and get Cody Trust Trail on tonight. When I, when I, we've, we've had you on. You talked to the community recently. So it's a great place to just kind of get a little bit more. Uh, workout of the day, vitamins for the mind, training. So, yeah, check it out. And um, uh, if you have any any questions or, you know, you just want to talk about something, whether it's fitness culture, having a difficult time, uh, season of your career, whatever it is, mm. I'm sure I've experienced any one of those number of those things. I'm more than willing to talk. I love jumping on the phone with people I've never met before and just like, <laughs> Hey, you know, time, time allowing, you know, it's right. usually if I'm driving 100%. somewhere, I'm not going to take time away from the family to do it. But if you catch me in the car or something like that, I'm more than willing to, to chat with you. I think. Uh, and I think and, and a, the best part is it's five bucks, right? Yeah. It's only five bucks a month. So I look at Period. it like the cost of a cup cost of coffee, of cup of coffee, man. I love that, man. It's yeah, like, and the idea is this, it's like, we'll, I will never, I will never increase the, it'll never go up. I'm right. never going to, all I'm going to do is keep adding more stuff. Right. That's like, like that's the goal. Like more, yes. more. Me and you are on the same inputs. mission. I more love inputs. it. More inputs. More inputs. And me and John sit and talk on the phone about this. It's like, <laughs> we really do, man. It's great, yeah. man. I love yeah, it. I enjoy it, man. So awesome, man. Give, be a part of it. Uh, FitToFightFire.com. Be a part of it. Um, everybody else out there, the vigilantes, it is live. I'm springboarding right off of uh, that. If you are not a member, go sign up. It's five bucks a month if you want to be a part of it. Uh, you have ama- We have amazing discussions. This week, uh, coming up right after Thanksgiving, next week actually, on Wednesday, we are discussing Shannon Stone's Refined by Fire podcast. Not only are we going to discuss it and our thoughts on it, but we're actually going to bring in Shannon Stone and talk to him about it. And, and I'm super excited about that. So if you want to be a part, fit, uh, I say fit to fight fire.com. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. <laughs> Firehousevigilance.com and, and go sign up and be, and pledge your support. Become one of the vigilantes. Uh, there's lots of benefits, but, uh, 100%. The scraps, the killer lineup of 2022 continues. You had John Spear this week. Everything that's gone on it. Dude, this has been the killer, uh, year. Next week, Sean Duffy, uh, Joe Yowler beyond that. And then, Mega Scrap Charlie. There was this discussion. Is Are the Mega Scraps ever going to come back? Are we going to do more Mega Scraps? Yes. Mega Scrap Charlie is coming. It is <coughs> officially announced tonight. Brian Brush, Steve Robertson, and Jerry Herbst. And it is nothing but host stream, nozzle, packages, arguments, um, questions, and Mega Scrap Charlie is coming. And that is on December 13th, the Mega Scrap. So... Last thing I'll ask everybody always, <clears throat> go rate the podcast. Give it five stars. And let Spotify, Amazon, uh, iTunes, whatever. Rate the podcast. Send me a screenshot of it where you rate it. I will give you stickers. I will bribe you all day long. The other thing is the Nine L's, the book. I don't have a cop. I, I, I always say that. I, need ah, to have I a got book. you. Watch this. Hold on. Oh, yeah. We didn't play Best this. thing ever. <laughs> Okay, there we talk. go. The yeah. nine L's. See, that's what we're talking about. We're partners. Uh, 100%. Go to Amazon. Rate the book, please. Um, I'm super pumped because it's climbing up the charts, and that really makes me excited. I'm not going to lie. I, I really am proud that it is. So go rate it. If you send me a screenshot of the rating, I will I will bribe you with stickers. 100%. Um, uh, 
my brother Kyle Romagus in here tonight, always fielding the questions, making sure that I get the good questions asked. And the last thing I always want to say is thank you, audience, for tuning in, taking your time, and making the scrap so special. Uh, thank you for tuning in live when you could be watching Monday Night Football or so many other things going on. Uh, I love you. Thank you, John Spira, for 167. And remember, mutts don't scrap. I hope the tone stays silent unless it is burning. Stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.